Missouri needs quite a few things to go right in a critical 2023 football season. But boy, some luck sure wouldn't hurt compared to last year. Plus, how about some updates in the basketball transfer portal coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for joining me as always and thanks for making this show your first listen every day. And I tell you, again, just a huge, huge season for Eli Drinkwitz, even more so than the Missouri program in general, in my opinion, coming up here in 2023. Really, it would be nice if we could just have a definitive answer if this really is the right guy for the job, right? If the Drinkwitz era is going to bear as much fruit as we thought it would, well, a couple years ago, it'd be nice to see Missouri really have a breakout season coming up in 2023. And it turns out, well, people like our friends over at FanDuel, various, you know, sports statistical analytical sites have figured out that if you are going to have that breakout season, well, there are some statistical barometers from the previous year that can help you predict those breakouts because, well, certain things are very volatile. Things like turnover margin, right? Because while there are certain exceptions to this, it sure seemed like Gary Pinkle and his squad was pretty good at winning the turnover margin more often than not. The general rule of thumb is, while obviously all coaches talk about how important turnovers are, the reality is, good luck on predicting year-to-year what your turnover margin's going to be. A lot of it has to do with the bounce of the ball or just simple luck, as we like to call it. Well, heck, maybe Missouri can actually get lucky this year, at least compared to 2022, because Lord knows Missouri had some tough breaks last year. And speaking of, again, more metrics or just, you know, angles you can use to try to predict what types of teams are going to break out the next season. Well, if you look at real simple things, just like wins plus one score losses, well, suddenly the Tigers look a lot better on paper than they did last season. Now, if you really compare it to the teams that typically Missouri has been competitive with since joining the SEC East more than a decade ago now, Well, Kentucky had two one-score losses. Florida also had two, and South Carolina just had one. Just had one one one-score loss in its bowl game. Well, Missouri actually had four of them, including three in a row to Auburn, Georgia, and Florida, plus, of course, that really bizarre finish to the Kentucky game as well. We all know the Auburn finish was rather bizarre and fluky in multiple ways. But, of course, Missouri did win one one one-score game this season against Arkansas. And I guess all it took was the the other unlucky team in the SEC. Arkansas also had four one-score losses to the Tigers, but they also had a couple wins in there as well against Kansas in the bowl game and against Cincinnati as well. So, A long way of saying that, as I've pointed out before, Missouri, for as disappointing as they were on paper, six and seven overall, three and five in the conference, 
objectively, this was Eli Drinkwitz's best team of his three at Missouri. I, I really don't think there's any doubt about that. You could say maybe I'm giving him too much credit for an excellent game at Faroe Field against the national champions, a team that, what, beat TCU like 168 to nothing in the national championship game. That might be a little high, but my memory is a little faulty this morning. But seriously, though, I, I think if you're a Missouri fan and you want optimism, you want reasons to believe that this team last year was better than you thought, give you reasons for hope in 2023, well, I think that's a big one right there. Now, obviously, that was the optimistic take if you're a Missouri fan. On the pessimistic side, well, if you're thinking, ah, this Drinkwitz, he doesn't know what he's doing, well, you got some pretty good ammo recently. There's a stat floating around ever since running back B.J. Harris announced that he was entering the transfer portal. Well, he was one of 23 guys that signed with Missouri in the 2021 class that was ranked 19th by Rivals.com. And of those 23 guys, only eight are left on the roster. That's right, 15 either never made it to campus, transferred, otherwise just didn't really pan out in any serious way. Of course, Dominic Lovett was a part of that 2021 class. Tyler Macon as well, guys who, and several other guys who just haven't panned out, quite honestly. So the question is, wait a second. If you're a Missouri fan and you're asking yourself, hey, all of these high, relatively high recruiting rankings, well, that's all fine and dandy, but we need actual productive players on the football field. Well, fair enough. No question about that. But it's also fair to question if, is this, a, is, is this just a blip on the radar? Is this the exception or is this a trend for Drinkwitz? Well, the, the reality is we're probably not going to find out until at least the end of this season, if not a little bit longer. A lot of it's going to have to do with faith. We're, you're going to want to see more production, certainly out of any of Missouri's recent Eli Drinkwitz recruiting classes this year especially on the offensive side of the football, quite frankly. So again, if you're worried about Missouri and its recruiting right now, its ability to actually put good players on the football field instead of on simply a recruiting ranking, well, I think that's a fair point. But again, Gary Pinkle had some classes that weren't so great either. But in the aggregate, obviously, it worked out. The point is, at Missouri, it's not going to be as easy as recruiting at places like Alabama and Georgia, where essentially you're going to have the pick of the litter every single cycle. Well, at Missouri, you got to find some guys who are under the radar, and even more importantly, well, coach them up, get them in the weight room, and maybe take some athletes who weren't necessarily great football players in high school, but they were great athletes, and you just got to coach them up. That's a big part of what you obviously have to do at a place like Mizzou. And speaking of those recruiting rankings, well, there is a five-star St. Louis area wide receiver who is scheduled to visit Missouri here in just the next few days. So, well, that would be nice, right? Even if he sucks on the field. No, I'm not predicting that, but it, just a, a reference to my last segment there. But seriously... Anytime you get a five-star player even on campus, that's a bit of a coup for Missouri. But things starting to pick up for that young man. So let's talk about Ryan Wingo. And also, I want to update you on the happenings in the basketball transfer portal as well. But first, I want to tell you, of course, about FanDuel. Ah, yes. 
my favorite sponsor of all time, let's be real, because Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when they go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You place your first bet, and again, you get $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And you know what? The Royals and the Cardinals both probably underway as you've as you're listening to this. I'll just say it'd just be nice if both of those squads would start to play a little bit better baseball here, especially my Royals. But you know what? Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. And hey, if you're wondering, hey, what happened to that Jake Garcia episode with the guy from Locked on Canes? Well, keep your shirt on. It's going to be fine. We're going to get there eventually. But but first, speaking of five-star guys, Jake Garcia was a former five-star player out of high school. Ryan Wingo set to visit Missouri here on the 23rd, just in a few days. And not only is it, as I said before, always big to get a five-star guy, even on campus if you're Missouri. That's a bit of a win at the very least. Not a gigantic win, but at least a small victory. Well, I think it could be even more than that. The word on the street is, Ryan Wingo, this is, this is real. Missouri is very much in the mix here for the five-star kid from St. Louis. This sounds a little bit familiar, right? Luther Burden recently came to Missouri, five-star receiver from the St. Louis area. Well, who knows? Maybe Rusty Drewing Ford is coming in big time and clutch in this situation as well. But regardless, Ryan Wingo, somebody to keep your eye on for sure, and somebody just a few months ago didn't really seem like Missouri had any shot whatsoever. Something changed, and is it NIL? Well, I'd probably bet some money on it, to be honest with you. But speaking of the transfer portal, well, actually, Wingo, not in the transfer portal. So, well, that was a bad transition, wasn't it? So let's just move past it. Virginia transfer, though, Caden Shedrick, speaking of visits, he's going to be on campus at Missouri. He just told stock risers. In fact, he Maybe he was on campus right now as we speak here. One of the top players in the portal still available. And to me, one of the most interesting bigs in the portal. One thing I've noticed about Dennis Gates is he and I have very similar preferences when it comes to bigger players, if you will. Bigs. And it's not necessarily post-play either. No, especially at the four spot. The five spot, I'm a little bit more more flexible on. Your true center if I have a guy who can really man the paint, get every defensive rebound, protect the lane, well, I think offensively you can live with that guy in the dunker spot, for instance, and not necessarily standing in the corner or shooting three-pointers from the top of the key on pick and pops. Though, I'm kind of with Dennis Gates, the five-out style. Offensively, it's about as good as you can get in terms of efficiency. But, of course, if you can do both, well, now we're really talking, and that's where I think Caden Shedrick is probably the perfect guy for Gates and his system. And what is Gates' system? Well, 
I, I think he's going to be malleable for sure. I don't think he's married to any one style and extremely specifically, but overall, he wants guys who can shoot. No question about that. He wants guys who can shoot and dribble because he's specifically said statistically in his perfect world, he'd like to lead the nation in three-point shooting and assist turnover ratio as well. Well, I think you saw a pretty good foundation of that laid for Missouri this past 22-23 season. And when it comes to Iowa State guard Caleb Grill, he's also in the transfer portal, made a visit to Missouri already just a few days ago, maybe even a couple days ago. Sorry, my timeline's getting a little confused here with all these different visits and reschedules and all this different stuff. But regardless, Caleb Grill, very much a possibility for Missouri. I think the Tigers probably were hoping for a commitment during that visit. Didn't happen. Doesn't mean it won't, though. It just means that Caleb Grill is definitely going to listen to what Bob Huggins and West Virginia and their apparently very significant NIL collective have to say. So, again, West Virginia, they're a real power here in terms of NIL basketball money right now. Maybe under the radar, maybe not a classic blue blood team, but certainly not a bad one either. A a program that's made Final Fours, produced Jerry West, all that good stuff. So, Missouri in a real battle there for Caleb Grill, but I know this, even if they don't get Grill, there's still going to be some pretty interesting wing options out there, though, in terms of a guy who's considered a really good defender along with being down a knockdown shooter, probably aren't going to get much better than Grill at this point. And by the way, when it does come to that 2023 upcoming Mizzou football season, well, there is something I want to see very specifically from Drinkwitz squad this year that I haven't seen the last couple years. And especially it's the idea that not all penalties are created equally. So let's talk about that and why this team needs to play more sound football if they're going to reach their goals. Coming up right after this. Well, my older daughter is turning four here this summer, and that means her sense of humor is starting to evolve just a tiny bit. She's getting to be a little bit more into adult kind of stuff. And thank goodness, by the way, I'm not sure how much more Mickey Mouse Clubhouse this podcaster can take. But Toy Story, I'm good with it. And of course, uh, my favorite, The Simpsons. I'm even getting her into The Simpsons now. Well, back in the classic episode, Lisa the Greek, Homer and Lisa bond over Lisa's ability to prognosticate football and of course Homer wants his brilliant daughter's opinions on this week's game and she says well I like the 49ers because they're pure of heart Seattle because they got something to prove and the Raiders because they always cheat and then smash cut to a football announcer saying and in an extremely suspicious play the Raiders win so I've I've always loved that moment especially as a long time Oakland, Los Angeles, and now Las Vegas Raiders hater that I am. But the point here, and that is maybe a little bit lost, is that the Raiders, that that joke is based very much on reality. It felt like for during the entirety of the Al Davis reign that the Raiders indeed led the NFL in penalties or were in the in the top five 
basically each and every year. Now, for much of that period, by the way, the Raiders were quite good. Now, the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of Al Davis, not so much. But the point is, when this joke was made in the early 1990s, the Raiders were considered one of the model and most successful franchises in the NFL, in spite of the fact that they were known to, quote, always cheat. Well, I think there's something actually that Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri can learn from this, because the more I observe football over the years, the more I realize there's a gigantic difference between penalties of aggression and penalties of stupidity. Basically non-aggression penalties, right? But I, I prefer penalties of stupidity because it, it draws a more, it paints a better picture, let's put it that way. And when I'm talking about penalties of stupidity, I'm talking false starts, illegal formations, 12 men on the field, jumping off sides on fourth and one, hitting a quarterback out of bounds for a free 15 yards. And that one, that one, I'll, you could say maybe that's a penalty of aggression. But to me, anytime you hit a quarterback out of bounds, you're begging to give the other team 15 yards and a, and a free first down. We saw what happened against Mahomes, my Chiefs, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, put a ring on it. That's pretty much what happened after that play. But my point is, if you're committing aggression penalties, stuff like defensive holding, pass interference, yes, offensive holding as well, well, at a certain point, it's not a penalty if the referees don't blow the whistle, right? So there are certain teams that, yeah, they might get called for a decent amount of you know, hold defensive holding, pass interference, illegal contact downfield, but there is a calculation there. If you're getting away from it, if you're getting away with it, I should say, in a key moment, well, then maybe it's actually worth it. And I think there is something to be said for teams that commit a lot of aggression penalties. Well, there actually isn't a big statistical correlation into those types of plays actually hurting you as much as you would expect. Now, false starts, again, illegal formation, 12 men, jumping off sides on fourth and three, that kind of stuff is always going to hurt you because there's no way for it to help you. There's no way for a false start. Like, oh, okay, well, the next time they'll let me get away with the false start. Mm. Even Kansas City Chiefs fans who are watching Lane Johnson for the Eagles seemingly get off a little quick. Actually, his timing was just that that incredible. So the point is, Eli Drinkwitz, I want to see more sound football this season. I want to see us stop giving away first downs and giving away yardage. We just need to play more sound football in general. And to me, the stupidity penalties, that's something that we've got to eliminate. And that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Mizzou. Thanks for listening as always. And yes, indeed, we'll get you your Jake Garcia definitive breakdown. Going to talk to the Locked on Canes guy. It's happening. I promise. Patience is a virtue. Remember that. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.